Is your new year still falling flat? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy. But Planet Fitness has the cure. Boost your energy with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs for $1 down and $10 a month. No commitment. Cancel any time. Deal ends January 31st. See Home Club for details. Welcome to What's That? I'm Brad. I'm Fred. The show we talk about what's happening. What's happening with you, bro? Uh, not much. Just uh, gonna have to take a trip. You know what I'm saying? My daughter got some personal issues going on with her family, so mm. uh, you know, I'm taking part two trip up north. I'm staying on Ohio. She's going to Michigan. What's the kind of? I didn't ask you earlier when we talked offline. It's related to. The last yeah, visit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I just got down to the Boston game. I see Trina. I, I, I watched part of it, but then I had to watch my next. That's, that's my squad. Uh, well, that ain't my squad, but KD, my guy. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Other than that, just coaching, working. Need to get back on track with the school thing. But other than that, man, we chilling. I feel it. I feel it. I, uh, you know, uh, um, I'm out in Grand Rapids. Those of you that are watching no video, you're like, oh, that background is different because I'm in a hotel. But, um, man, we, it's been a busy day, man. Got up 6.15, got the kids ready, made them lunch, made them breakfast. You know what I'm saying? Went, picked up the rental, packed up the rental, drove out to Lansing, did some work out there, drove out to Grand Rapids, got settled in here finally. Just ate some food, and now we're about to record this bonus episode. It's a full day from before yeah. the sun rises until after the sunset. We doing it, yeah, but we promised y'all a bonus episode last week. I apologize for the episode that we recorded earlier this week. I told you we'd get it to you before the end of this week. Here we are, it's the end of this week. This episode is called "What's Happening Around You." We're gonna talk about what's happening around you. We talk a lot about the issues. And uh, there's a lot of issues that you can take part in. We've been talking a lot really since, um, really more intently since June uh, or not even June, since like April when the decision was leaked that um, the Supreme Court was going to overturn Roe v. Wade. And we said, you need to vote because when you don't vote, this is the kind of stuff that people that, these kind of opinions that people can agree on at a wide scale, but don't necessarily, you know, when we don't vote, we don't get to, to, to play a role in the decision. So what I did was I looked at our data, see where our listeners are, and we pulled up some information. I'm going to share my screen. Uh, we pulled up some information to let y'all know what's happening around you. Hold on. Wait a minute. Where's my file at? Don't play with me, computer. Not now. Not today. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Fred, y'all can see my screen, right? Yes, indeed. All right. So, listen, the purpose of this episode, we're not about to tell you what you need to think about. We're not about to tell you who you need to vote for. We're simply going to tell you what's on the ballot in your state where you go. Now, I do not have everything, right? Because some stuff is relative to, um, like, where you live. Like, it might be a local ballot measure in your city. Right, and I might know that you live that's up that I have listeners in Ohio, but I don't know what city 
they live in. That's not true. I can't actually figure out what city it is, but I'm not. I would just want to spend a do on it. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, man, so we just want to let y'all know what's going on around you as we committed to doing that. And, um, you know, this is kind of a new format for us. It might seem a little choppy. Forgive us. By the way, if my audio quality is not great, it's because I am in a hotel room and there's a ton of space in here. So forgive me. Um, but my brother just walked away. Okay, there you go. He back. <laughs> you throw some lights on real quick. Okay. Uh, okay. Make, yeah, I was like, man, it's kind of dark. Oh, yeah, I'll turn the lights off. Hey, I thought you were trying to set the moon. We were on the late night on the Friday. <laughs> you know hey, I, I didn't know what you was doing. You ready to get into it, though, dog? Yeah, we ready. We ready. We ready. All right, man. So. Uh, like I said, we're not going to talk to y'all about what's going on. So you guys can see my grid. Those of you that are watching it live, when you see an I, that means they're the incumbent. That means they're in that seat. So right here, we got Ohio. Here's what you got going on. Here's what's happening with you if you're in Ohio. This Tuesday, you got a governor's race, Mike DeWine versus Nan Whaley. Uh, DeWine is your current governor. He's running for re-election. Um, if you like him, go vote him. Go vote for him. If you don't like him, you got Waverly. Now, listen, you guys also, every state with regards to their governor candidate, it had like third party candidates, like, you know, Green Party, Natural Law Party, Libertarian Party. Like, the states had a bunch of other candidates, but I picked the main two because if I look, when I look at the data, it really only seemed like this, and it's the way our political system is, you really only got a chance if you got that R or that D. Pause. You, but you really only got a chance if you got one of them two parties working behind you. Now, I got to tell y'all a funny story about Ohio real quick. Y'all got, if you're down in Ohio, um, and I should say I pulled all of this data from ballotpedia.org. Um, and there's a section that shows what the money looks like. So um, the is probably going to win. He's pulled in about, when I looked at it, it looked like he had pulled in about $20 million dollars. And then he had spent, you know, between campaigning and ad and advertising, he had spent about fourteen million. And then Nan Whaley had only collected about nine or eight million dollars, eight and a half. And then she had spent like seven and a half. So you know, the wife more money than she even gained in total. Um, so I'm sure that if you're in Ohio, you're probably seeing a whole lot more Dwine ads than you are for Whaley. It depends on where you are, you know. She's the Democratic candidate. So if you're in Cleveland proper, you know, in areas that are that are highly Democratic, you probably are seeing more ads for her. But if you're not, if you're not there, you probably don't know. Um, I can tell you the times I lived in Ohio, I swear I only ever saw the Republican candidates. I never knew who the Democratic candidates even were. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I want to share is, so there's this one candidate, and I told Fred about this, and it made me laugh from a good, healthy place. Um, I forget his name, but he's a write-in candidate. So I told you DeWine raised $20 million. I told you Whaley raised uh, $8.5 million. <clears throat> This write-in candidate in Ohio had raised $107. <laughs> and spent... Three dollars, like, like three hundred pennies, that as or or thirty dimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, so 
it just made me laugh because it was just such a ridiculous number to report. Like I made, a, I got $107 in donations. Ain't nobody backing you, dog. <laughs> Ain't nobody backing you, dog. At all. He would have so, put the rest in his pocket. <laughs> so there's a lot of Senate races, right? You guys in Ohio, you got um, your incumbent Republican uh, senator is not seeking reelection. So you've got Tim Ryan versus J.D. Vance. Um, those are your candidates for U.S. Senate. And if you don't know, the U.S. Senate is a six-year term. Uh, it's not like four years like governors and, and, and mayors and, and presidents. You know, it's not two years like, like congressmen and House uh, people. It's a six-year term. So be mindful of that. Every seat in the United States House of Representatives in the country, all 435 seats or 438, uh, every seat in the United States is up for grabs. And Ohio, you guys have 15 House, you guys have 15 representatives. So depending on where you live at in Ohio determines which which one of your uh, which are your options whether it's an incumbent looking for re-election or two brand new folks, whatever like that, right? Your state's in it. This is where it gets confusing in Ohio. You see, I got it in yellow for those of you that are watching. You have um, 33 districts, but the odd number districts are the ones that are on the ballot this year. And so state Senate terms are two years. So that means that next year, your even number districts. So district two, district four, district six, that's what's gonna be up for you next year. But right now you got one, three, five, seven, nine, every odd number all the way up to 33. So depending on where you live, you might need to elect a state Senator as well. Um, and then your state house of representatives, y'all have 99 house representatives, all 99 spots are up for grabs. So just about every seat from a house of representative perspective, both the United States and, and the house, it's up for grabs across the country. And then y'all got some ballot measures. I'm gonna pull that up. I gotta switch my screen. Fred, since this is kind of a new deal for us, you got the, um, you got the, uh, the, the form, can you pull it up and you share your screen on that? And then we can kind of bounce back and forth where you sharing the grid and I'm sharing the, uh, the, the ballot measures. All right. So issue one in Ohio and some of y'all states, and I'm sorry, some of y'all cities, y'all might have local measures too, but, oh, I'm not sharing my screen. Sorry. Hey, I told y'all this is a new thing for us. It's going to be choppy. I forgot how to use the button. All right. All right, issue one in Ohio, law enforcement and civil criminal trials, civil and criminal trials. So issue one requires, if it passes, it requires Ohio judges to use factors such as public safety, including the seriousness of the offense and a person's criminal record when setting amounts and conditions of bail. <coughs> what you think when you hear that one, bro? Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, to be honest, it's 
cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I see a difference in the numbers, you know what I'm saying? But if the numbers still ain't adding up and it's somebody's first offense and, you know what I'm saying, they got a petty theft, but yet you trying to give them five years, you know what I'm saying, and a $250,000 bond, then I'm not, I'm not agreeing. Was because you know how I, I've been watching over the past few years, they they've been doing something crazy when it comes to the numbers of you know what I'm saying bail and the amount of time that some people get. And don't get me wrong, some people's probably well deserving of it, but I've seen some cases where some people ain't as well. So as long as it add up, I'm cool for it. Yeah, it sounds like they're saying you got to level it out, which. You know, the bail thing is kind of being attacked in different ways. Um, you know, because basically it's if you got money, so the way bail works is that there's a number there and you typically got to come up with 10%. And I remember like the Kyle Rittenhouse thing, you know, he got a bit, maybe it wasn't Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, but like, or it was Derek Chauvin after, after he murdered George Floyd, he was able to, he got donations to, to raise his bail money, you know, pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, they're looking at saying, hey, can we change the way that bail is? And then issue two in Ohio, voting policy measures prohibits local governments from allowing persons who lack the qualifications of an elector to vote in local elections. What? Prohibits local governments from allowing persons who lack the qualifications of an elector to vote in local elections. What does that mean? That's a good question. I'm about to look at this up. A vote yes supports prohibiting local governments from allowing non-citizens or those who lack qualifications of an elector to vote in local elections. Uh, so an elector is just somebody who can vote in an election. So, so the qualifications are being 18 and older being a resident of the state, county, township, or ward, having been registered to vote for 30 days, having the qualifications of an elector. What's the qualifications of an elector? That sounds crazy to me. I don't know. What you thinking, bro? Yeah, this might be some loophole to start keeping some people out you know what I'm saying from voting you know what I mean and they, they already with the whole 30 day thing you know what I'm saying in advance that's kind of already you know what I mean yeah people in a situation but I mean I guess you should be registered to vote at this point you know what I'm saying day one but I guess if you move or need an absentee or something yeah I all of that stuff makes sense to me. Having the qualifications of an elector, I, I don't know. Electors are often chosen based on their service and dedication to their political party. They may be state elected officials, party leaders, or people who have a, a personal or political affiliation with a presidential candidate. Okay. Okay. That sounds like some bullshit then in that case. <laughs> we get to determine who's trying to vote because we're trying to make sure that the right kind of people vote. Because being yeah. a citizen is already like a requirement to legally vote.
being registered to vote is already a legal requirement to have a regular vote. Right. Being, eight, being 18 is a requirement. So, you know what I'm saying? Now you're saying, I mean, I guess if it takes away pretty much politicians that have ties from being able to vote and it's literally leaving it up to the people, if, they, if that's what they're trying to say, you know, how... No, to me, that's not like what it says is, is that if you ain't my type of people, you can't vote. Okay. That's what it sounds like. I'm not going to discredit, you know what I'm saying, what you hear out of it, so. <laughs> Man, let's move on to my state. Let's move on to Michigan. Michigan, Michigan. As my, as my pastor, uh, the, the late, great bishop, David M. Eubanks would say, Michigan. All right. Uh, we have in Michigan, we have a governor's race here. We have, we don't have a Senate seat. So it's every six years. The way it works is when your Senate seats are every six years, one of them cycles, it's not going to matter, right? So we elected a senator in 2018. We elected a senator in 2020. We don't have nothing to do in 2022. But then in 2024, we don't have a, the, the guy that ran in 18. He's going to be looking for re-election in 2024 up under that presidential election. So the way the Senate seats work, the U.S. Senate, is that there's two. And this is just for somebody that doesn't know. I'm not trying to insult anybody's intelligence. But every state has two senators. And then the idea is that when it goes every six years, every two years, a third of the U.S. senators, give or take, is up for re-election. So... That's why Michigan just this year don't, don't happen to have none. Um, but we've got Governor Whitmer. She's our current uh, governor going up against Tudor Dixon. Uh, I have talked about Tudor Dixon on the show in the past. Um, you know, it's very much she had she is on record saying and she's said it unapologetically. So um, she is not for any sort of circumstances um to allow an abortion including incest including rape like she has said it she made her point clear she is for no no exemptions no exceptions on on abortion and listen that's controversial but like my body my choice she ain't with that it's it does not matter no matter what um we have 13 u.s representatives here in michigan so all 13 seats are for grabs uh we have 38 state senators and we have 110 Michigan House of Representatives. That's a total of 148 spots in our state legislature that are all up for grabs. And again, who you're voting for is based off where you live. Um, our ballot measures in Michigan. Let me switch my screen. We have a lot. Not a lot. We have three. Um, proposal one in Michigan changes the term limit requirements for state legislatures and financial disclosure requirements for state executives and legislat legislative officials. So the term limit requirement in Michigan, you are allowed to serve three House of Representatives terms and two state senate terms i might have that wrong 
it's for a total of 14 years in the state legislature that's possible. You can do six in the House and eight in the Senate. Two, 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 four, four, right? What this proposal is going to say for Michigan is that there's no term limit on the position, but it'll be um, 12 years in total. So they're, they're saying no term limits on, like you can do six, you can do six House of Representative uh, terms, or you can do three Senate terms. They're not going to limit how many terms you can do, but you are limited to 12 years in total between the total legislature. So right now it's possible to do 14. This change. Is your new year still falling flat? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy, but Planet Fitness has the cure. Boost your energy with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs for $1 down and $10 a month. No commitment, cancel any time. Deal ends January 31st. See Home Club for details. Drills it down to 12. Um, the financial disclosure, I'm actually not super familiar with. Let's see if we can find there. Y'all can see my screen, right? It's mine, but it's yours. Oh, yeah. Can you click on it so then we can see the uh, click on a proposal one? What we got there? Uh, so that's what I was saying. Instead of the three, two years and two four year terms in the state senate, twelve years in total, but it doesn't matter. I want to see the part where it says financial disclosure. Proposal one would also amend the Michigan Constitution's Article 6, Section 10, which addresses conflicts of interest in the state government beginning on April 15, 2024. The ballot measure would add a new subsection to require. Uh oh. I was, oh, I was reading your screen. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, I was looking at yours like, hold on, that ain't where he at. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, require. Sorry, the ballot measure would add a new, you good, but add a new subsection to require elected state legislative and state executive officials to file annual financial disclosure reports on their income, assets, liabilities, gift from lobbyists, positions held in certain organizations, and agreements on future employment. So basically, you got to tell them where your money coming from. All right, don't bother me. Want to go uh, to proposal two? Uh-oh. Proposal two, make changes to voting policies, including drop boxes, photo ID, or legal sign document, nine days of early voting, and absentee voting for every election. So you can click on proposal two. I did some studying on this one. The big thing here is, is that this is trying to shore up the loopholes that uh, President Trump tried to expose after the 2020 election. Um, it basically right now it says like with the early voting thing it says like you can't it could be early voting now this law would say there will be early voting possible available for you um up to nine days ahead um so depending on where you are might not be able like you could early vote and then there's other things like how it's counted uh i'm trying to see i'm looking at your screen again bro you scroll down certification of electric results scroll down just a little bit so the way the law is written now where it says 
certification election results, law provides that the Board of State Canvassers is responsible for determining which candidate received the most votes and won an election. And if this measure passes, it'll say Constitution will require election results to be determined slowly, solely by the vote of the electors casting ballots in the election. Constitution will provide that the State Board of, Can of Canvassers is the only entity authorized to certify election results, supervising recounts, and resolving ties. So basically what the saying is that we're trying to shore up the loopholes that we tried to get exposed. And then if you want to go to proposal three, proposal three um, in a nutshell is saying, so I talked about this before, after Roe v. Wade was overturned, uh, that activated a 1931 law that pretty much outright banned abortion and the proposal three would make a, a constitutional right to propose to abortion to reproductive freedom in the state of Michigan. Um, the court is kind of is kind of holding up the law as is. Uh, but if this measure does not pass, the court's probably not going to hold it up for long. So yeah, that's what's happening in Michigan. That's where I'm at. Let's talk about where you at. Let's go to Kentucky, dog. Let's go to Kentucky. So, so go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Just your state. Nah, go ahead. You, you're doing a great job. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was actually going to ask you, so you guys don't elect the governor this year. Did you guys do governor last year? Yes. And I okay. don't know why my camera is messing up, but I'm going to try to get back on. You good. You good. So, yeah, there's some states that do it in the off years. Um, most states are doing a governor's race this year, but not Kentucky. Um, you have, uh, in the, in the U S Senate, you got Rand Paul running against Booker. I forgot his first name. You guys have six seats in the U S house. You guys have 38 state senates and you guys are doing even numbers that are up for grabs this year. So the odd numbers will be up next year. So this year, district two, four, six, eight, all the way up to 38. And it's Charles and Booker. I just ain't want to interrupt you. You good? You good? Um, you have hundred seats in your state house, and then you guys had, you guys got some ballot measures to look at. Is it you two? Got two, it's I two. believe. Oh yes, I'm gonna skip down real quick to um, number two for abortion because if I remember correctly, you uh, okay. So in Michigan, this is how like it's different from where you are. In Michigan, our proposal three, our, our, our proposal three will, if it passes, will say that abortion is a right. And in Kentucky, if amendment two passes, two passes. it says that abortion is not a right. So yes. right now, and I'll let you talk on that. You're you're in Kentucky. Well, just right now, I mean, you still can. They still, you know what I'm saying, you can still get it done. Um, but if basically, like you said, if this passes, they would no longer fund it. So um, it would either take private funding or, you know what I'm saying, like outside sources or it will be abolished. So um that's pretty much to the to the nutshell of it. If this passes, you know what I'm saying, women will lose their right. 
Mm. Yeah, and it's on the it's on the ballot in in some form or another in six states. So obviously Michigan and Kentucky, but also Vermont, Montana, Kansas, and California. Um, yeah. We're not going to cover any of those other states because we just don't have the listenership there yet. But y'all can <laughs> and help us out, right? We just shot right. to the people that that actually listen to the show. Um, man, so. Oh, uh, uh, prop prop one or amendment one that you guys have state legislature. So this says removes legislative session end dates and provides that odd year sessions are limited to 30 legislative days and even year sessions are limited to 60 legislative days. It allows the state legislature to change the end date of the legislative session through a three-fifths vote in each chamber provides that a 12, that a special legislative session for up to 12 days may be called by the House Speaker and the Senate President, change provisions regarding when a law takes effect. This seems like a lot. Can you explain this? <laughs> I, I mean, I ain't gonna lie, I really can't. Um, <laughs> but, like, it, just because it, it is a lot, you know what I'm saying? It's not like it's just cut and dry, but from my understanding is that, you know what I'm saying, from that those twelve days, there will pretty much, you know what I'm saying, won't be the the three fifths that's needed. So you'll have um the House Speaker and the Senate President, you know what I'm saying, kinda I'm not gonna say kinda, but basically step in to help that three fifths and determine when it will take effect and when it won't. Is what I got out of it. Now, I may be wrong. So I'm reading this, and maybe this will make it a little easier to digest. It says, as of 2022, Kentucky was one of 14 states in which only the governor could call a special session. In the other 36 states, special sessions may be called for by the governor or the state legislature itself. Special, ooh, tongue twister. Special sessions may be called by state legislatures upon a majority or supermajority vote. However, in three states, no voter legislature is required and a special session may be called by the proclamation of the presiding officers. In 10 states, a simple majority vote is required. In 17 states, a two-thirds majority, supermajority vote is required. Five states require a three-fifths majority. Uh, and one state, Missouri, requires approval from three-fourths of the legislature. So Kentucky right now, to, to make this plain that I just read it is That's still a lot. <laughs> it is, but but I got it. Right now, if there needs to be a special session for some reason, only the governor can call for it. Right? Maybe there's an important measure that you know a lot of the people might want to call for. And the governor says, nah, I ain't with that. Y'all good. They can't do anything. And they're trying to make it to where if three fifths, so if how many uh people do you guys have in your legislature in total? I don't know. Between the House and the, and the Senate, whatever your, whatever the number is, if 60% of those people want to call a, a session, then it's going to happen by law. So that's what that's saying there. But is that for the 14 days? And then what about when it'll there's start? A whole, there's a whole lot in here. That's just the, the special session portion. <laughs> okay, I was about to say, like, that's the lane. Covering the other part, but yeah, that's why I said it was a lot. I didn't, I didn't have enough time to really deep dive into that. 
So, so I'm looking. You guys have a Democratic governor. I'm assuming, which is a little surprising, because Kentucky's a pretty red state. So I'm assuming something had to have happened where they wanted to do something, and the governor was just like, "No, I'm not doing it." So I'm like, "Well, we're gonna do this." <laughs> but there's a whole lot hidden in that in that one, man. So they're I gonna mean, get away with some shit. <laughs> I mean, at this point, that's all you can really think. Listen, I'm confused. I don't even live there. <laughs> Man, you, you want to say anything else about Kentucky or you want to move on to uh, Arizona? Yeah, we'll move on to Arizona. All right. So Arizona got a governor's race, Carrie Lake versus Katie Hobbs. Um, neither one is the incumbent in the U.S. Senate. Uh, Mark Kelly, I believe is his name. He's the incumbent Democrat. He's running against Blake Masters. Interesting thing about Arizona is that um, both of those, and I think your Secretary of State as well, um, are election deniers. Have said that the 2020 election was stolen and that Trump is the rightful president. So, interesting little note there. Um, Arizona has nine seats in the House, in the U.S. House. And then in your state Senate in Arizona, all 30 seats are up for grabs. In your state House, all 60 seats. So 90 people in total in your state legislature. You send nine people to the U.S. House of Representatives, and you have your two senators. Arizona has 10 ballot measures. All right. Proposition 128 allows the legislature to, and what I'm saying is, is that if this, if this ballot passes, this is what it does. So, um, allows the legislature to amend or repeal voter-approved ballot measures that contain provisions ruled unconstitutional or invalid by the state or federal Supreme Court. Hmm. Okay. Did you hear that? Did you catch that, bro? Mm-hmm. Let's do it again. If if Prop 128 passes in Arizona, it allows the, the state legislature to amend or repeal voter-approved ballot measures that contain provisions ruled unconstitutional or invalid by the state or federal Supreme Court. Meaning that if we don't like what the people chose for, we can just change it. Everybody better wake up in Arizona. Prop 129 requires citizen-initiated ballot measures to embrace a single subject, meaning they can't throw nine things into one measure like y'all doing over there in Kentucky. (laughs) 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 It says citizen-initiated ballot measures. So basically, um, if if the citizens come together and say, hey, we want this on the ballot, they can't try to put nine things together on one ballot to try to mm-hmm. get all their things covered. Mm-hmm. They all got to be. I mean, that could be a good thing, I guess. Shit, they got 10 things on the ballot now as individual th- subjects. So I guess well, it, it would be too hard. But what does that mean about politician initiated ballot measures? Well, in my opinion, we the people should come first. But 
more than likely they're going to move, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> some of these citizen-initiated ones that they feel aren't, um, you know, high priority So back in the next two years. This is crazy. Prop 130. Issues also. Prop 130 allows the legislature to set certain property tax exemption amounts and qualifications rather than determining details in the Constitution. What? Prop 131 creates the office of lieutenant governor to be elected on a joint ticket with the governor and succeed the governor in the case of vacancy. Okay. Oh, I think Arizona actually has to elect their lieutenant governor as well. Yeah, like that, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Prop 132 requires a three-fifths supermajority vote to pass ballot initiatives. Oh, my God. Both statutes and constitutional amendments and legislatively referred amendments that would approve taxes. So if the people, so if the people vote yes on everything here, that means that if the people want to do something, they can only bring one thing at a time. That means that they have to get 60% of the vote. And if they get 60% of the vote, the court can just say, nah, they say, mm-mm, mm-mm, nah. Wow. Okay. Um... <laughs> do you know the answer to that? Are you asking me? I'm sorry? Yeah. Oh, I, didn't see the the I was looking at the page. Is he the astronaut who took his wife's job after her medical issues? Who is he? I'm assuming one of the ones in the Senate, because aren't both of the governors that's up? It's ladies. Yeah, they are. So that would be Mark Kelly, I think is his name. I don't know. Maybe. That sounds right. Um, Proposition 209. We're still in Arizona, y'all. Limits interest rates for debt from healthcare services and increases the value of certain property and earnings exempt from debt collection processes. Limits mm. interest rate for debt from healthcare services and increases the value of certain property and earnings exempt from debt from debt collection processes. What? Oh, so if they're taking something from you to pay your debt, depending on what it is, they might increase the value over what it actually is. So if if it makes sense, I would think this is in a sense of like when you get older and if you need to be like put in a nursing home or what have you, Sometimes you're forced to sell your house and, and give up your, you know what I'm saying, retirement and whatnot to provide for your care for the rest of your days. Oh. So, so you know, if your house is worth 50000 but let's say you're 64 with dementia, it don't mean that you're going to die, you know what I'm saying, in four or five years. So they may up your house by, you know, a hundred thousand or something to help cover the length of what life expectancy for a male is without any real outlying problems. Just because you got dementia don't mean you're gonna go anytime soon. You know what I'm saying? Just 
and you ain't all the way there right now with you know what i mean so i think in that sense it's it is helping and then you know what I'm saying limiting interest rates on debt occurred you know what I'm saying from receiving health care so if the cost is more than what your assets you know what I'm saying is valued at to take care of it then they can't charge you know what I'm saying over three percent interest or whatever on that money that's oh which is is a wild game interest rates on health care is crazy that's crazy to me. All right. <laughs> um, man. So, all right. Arizona, Arizona, got some shit going on. Arizona, we still here. Requires independent expenditures of more than $50,000 on a statewide campaign or $25,000 on a local campaign to disclose the names of all original sources who contributed $5,000 or more. You got to you got to tell the rich people that that's uh help that's backing you up basically as long as they paying more than five grand this 49.99 hey, you be well, out listen 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 robert carver oh, I need <laughs> that's crazy um okay uh repeals provisions of proposition 300 in 2006 to allow in-state tuition for non-citizen residents that doesn't nope. sound bad <laughs> nope. That don't sound bad at all. Prop 309 requires date of birth and voter identification number for mail-in ballots and eliminates two-document alternative to photo ID for in-person voting. Mm-mm. Mm. I mean, that's for mail-in ballots, so... The and eliminates... And eliminates two document alternative to photo ID for in person voting. You got to have an ID to vote there. You can't do the the two docs alternatives. I mean, I don't see how that's that big of a deal. Like the only reason it might be fucked up for right now is because of how long some states are taking to get you your ID. You know what I'm saying? Because not everybody's printing them on the spot in every county, and then not every county is even giving IDs. Like, I know, like, there's some people that have regional areas where, you know, a group of cities have to go to a, a location to get their ID. So, I mean, I guess, but I think that might be also because of new IDs is why, you know what I'm saying, they're getting rid of the two document because another thing is documents can be easily forged nowadays yeah they still ain't made a dollar bill that couldn't be duplicated shit what's a document at that point so i mean i don't see it being too yeah, the problem with photo ID is that voting is a right not a which and for a long time didn't oh you kind of cut off did i cut off there I don't know. I heard you started like skipping or something, but oh, I don't I'm know. sorry. Um, so what I was saying is, is that so um, <clears throat> the problem with the photo ID is that it makes it it turns voting into a privilege instead of a right because you have to pay for photo ID. It might not be much, you know, it might be 20, 30 bucks depending on where you live, it might be more. Arizona, I don't know how much their photo IDs are. Actually, they're pretty expensive. 
Uh, my brother-in-law lived out there for a little while. Um, and it it goes, it's like it's based off the year. It's based off the month that you're that you're born in. And, like, he's born in September. So it's like whatever the number is times nine, because September is the ninth number, it's ridiculous. He pays, like, a he had to pay, like, a lot of money to get his license renewed in Arizona. Um, well, that might be... That might be old because it says right here the cost of original duplicate or replacement Arizona identification card is twelve dollars. Okay. Yeah, All right. and can't be waived if you're either sixty-five years old or older. Maybe it was the license, the car registration. I'm thinking of. Now that might be the case because uh, um, some states is like that. Like every state is weird when it comes to the registration. Yeah. Kentucky charge you astronomical based on your year making model and the value of your car at today's price. Like even if you if you I bought a car for you from you and you said it was two hundred dollars, they're gonna go by what the value is and they're gonna charge me the taxes off the value. Mm, ain't that a bitch? <laughs> hey, um, we um, uh. And it, going back to your point where you were saying that, like, you know, some states you don't give it to you automatically. You know, in Michigan, if you got to go get your license renewed or whatever, they print out a piece of paper and then they mail you your yeah. um, they mail you your, your your card. It takes, you know, two to four weeks. Um, in Ohio, I remember when I got my uh, my my first ID in Ohio and they were like, um yeah, we'll have it ready for you in a minute. And I remember thinking, like, for real? <laughs> like, y'all got the ability to print that right here, right now? Yeah. That's, I mean, that was the old way, but now it's, they also sending it to you. I've actually been... Word. I didn't know that. Been fortunate enough. Well, since the new ID came out, um, I had went home and switched my IDs real quick. And um, they had to mail me my my IDs and then I moved back right back to Kentucky, switched my IDs again and had it printed printed out. Um but it's not the new one. So I have uh my ID expires next year in November. But I think um my son just got his license. So I think me, and my lady and my son's all just gonna go and get new IDs and get it over with. So I they send them to you. Um, I don't know a whole lot of places, but I've heard there is some that you can still get it printed. Or it might just be something like a capital thing. Because I think that was the other thing. Like, I could have went to Columbus and had it printed out on the spot, maybe, is what they told me in Ohio. But because I wasn't in Columbus, I had to wait to get mail because they get mail from Columbus. That's I don't know. It, it, yeah, it was something crazy, <laughs> but... And, is what it is. And then the last thing, Prop 310 in Arizona. Damn, we've been on here. This half episode of damn Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, creates a 0.1% sales tax for 20 years to fund Arizona's fire districts. Okay, that'll sound, that sound good. Hey, if you want to live or survive, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because them fires just break out nowhere in the summer, y'all. Yeah. You better but help this, out. This, if I'm in Arizona, bro, I know we said we weren't gonna try to tell y'all who to vote for, and I'm not telling y'all who to vote for because I'm just—I ain't never even touched the soil in Arizona. I, I had a connecting flight 
there that took me to San Francisco. So I don't know nothing about Arizona to be to keep it all the way 100 with you. But I'm looking at this one, this prop 128, this prop 129, this prop 130, this prop 132. This sound crazy as hell to me. Mm. Go vote, AZ. Go hey. vote. Man, we gonna move on. We gonna leave Arizona alone. We gonna stop picking on y'all. We gonna talk about Virginia. Ain't got shit going on. They got eleven seats up for the house. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Virginia ain't got nothing going on. Virginia just selected their governor last year. Um, interesting thing about that was is that Biden won Virginia by like a wide margin in twenty twenty, but then the Republican candidate run uh, won the uh, governorship in twenty twenty one. Virginia is a weird state where they don't allow their. I actually like this idea. Your governor cannot serve consecutive terms in uh, Virginia. Um, and if Don was here, he could say something. If Don was still here, he could say something in the comments. Appreciate the love, by the way, brother. Um, but so I like that idea because that means that you know when you're a governor, you get. You get four years of that governor to do the job because really, when you think about it, like, like you think about like your president or whatever, you really if they if they serve two terms for eight years, you really only get like six and a half years of them doing the job because they spend that time ramping up, like working for others. You know, what I'm saying in the midterms, they spend that time, you know, debating themselves, trying to get reelected. Like you really don't get a full presidential term out of a president to the second term. And I kind of feel that way, you know, about, you know, any elected official. So Virginia, they cut that out. You can't run back to back. Um, That's yeah, probably actually better though, because Virginia is part of the DMV area, which yep. is, you know what I'm saying, District of Columbia, Maryland, Virginia. So yeah. I'm sure with that, all being so closely connected and how they intertwine that's probably also more access to you know saying high execs in the white house for longer periods of time than what they want before things change and that can create a bigger issue um so it's probably better for a state like virginia that's that close to have those situations i got it yeah i mean i, I like that idea i would like to see that I don't like to see it in Michigan. Maybe one day. Yeah. All right. Let's go to North Carolina. So North Carolina, I feel like North Carolina does their governor race the, uh, at the same year as the presidential race. Um, I feel like that's the truth there. I don't know for sure. But y'all got 14 seats in the U.S. House. Y'all got, oh, Virginia, y'all got 11 seats in the U.S. House. That's what y'all got going on. Because y'all senators ain't ain't on the ballot either this year. Uh, but back to North Carolina, you've got the incumbent is retiring, or he's just simply not running for re-election. I don't know who it is. But um, you got Beasley versus Bud. Y'all have 50 um, state senators and uh, 120 state representatives. So that's 100 seat, 170 seats in your legislature. And then there was no state ballot measures it's just only you know local measures only so depending on where you are specifically in north carolina you might have something else but statewide there was nothing in north carolina we can hit uh illinois bro 
You got incumbent, what's that? Pritzker versus Bailey. Yeah. And that's the governor in the Senate. You got uh, incumbent of Duckworth versus Salvi. Uh, you got 17 seats in the House. You got 55 seats up for grabs in the Senate. So you got, what's that, 72 um, total. No, no, no. That was seventeen in the in the U.S. House, but fifty-five in the State Senate, and then one hundred and eighteen. Okay, yeah. So that you good, you good. That's a hundred and seventy-three in the state legislature in total, and then you guys only had one statewide ballot measure, which is uh, Amendment One. Uh, a vote yes supports amending the Illinois Constitution to state that employees have a fundamental right to organize and bargain collectively through representatives of their own choosing for the purpose of negotiating wages, hours, and working conditions, and to protect their economic welfare and safety at work, and pro prohibit any law that interferes with, negates, or diminishes the right of employees to organize and bargain collectively. So is that like a union, basically? Yeah. They have a right to have a union in any job. Like, it's yeah. not something that has to be voted on and brought in. If I wonder how that works then, because if a group of, what, two or more, five or more, what's the number that just says, hey, we're together, we've created a union, and we're going to represent us? Because, I mean, essentially, they can do that. Well, what it's saying is, is that right now, um, employees don't have a right to, to start a union on their own. And a vote with yes will say employees can try to start a union. But that's what y'all got going on statewide in Illinois. Enjoy it. Yeah. So you got Cox versus Moore in Maryland. U.S. Senate. That's the governor yeah. race? Yeah. Yeah. And then the Senate, you got the incumbent, uh, Van Hollen and versus Chaffee. I think it's Chaffee. Chaffee. Yeah. Could be Chaffee, but no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you got eight seats in the House, uh, 47 up for grab in the Senate, and then 141 uh, up for grab in the State House, 47 districts. Yeah, so Maryland was weird because like Maryland had like a like some of it was like District One A, District One B, you know, District Two A, Two B, Two C, Two D. So like you got a district, but then you also got like a sub district within your district that that chooses your representative. Um, so Maryland was a little different from the other states. Well, they got one hundred eighty-eight spots up for grab in the legislature. Nation over there, yeah. and they—they uh, they got five. I was gonna say, damn, they got quite a bit on the ballot. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go down the prop to to question four. The weed <laughs> amends the Maryland Constitution to legalize adult use recreation recreational marijuana and direct the legislature to pass law for the use distribution regulation and taxation of marijuana basically just making it legal in all aspects probably um wait I, I, my, if i'm not mistaken washington's already legal 
You mean like DC? Yeah, I know Washington on the other side was legal, like one of the first to be legal. But I want yeah, to say, yeah, the state of Washington is legal. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but I think I want to say out of the DMV, I want to say one of them is already legal. You might be right with DC. DC is Chocolate City. Yeah. Um. So, amends the Maryland Constitution to legalize use and direct the legislature to pass law for the use, distribution, regulation, and taxation of marijuana. So, that means that you can use it as an adult and that the law is going to set up to where it's regulated. Sounds like similar to alcohol, I'm thinking. That's what that sounds like to me. I mean, that's, yeah, that's anywhere. I mean, it don't matter where you go. Like, uh, Illinois got on how many, you, how much and how many or whatever you can get. Same with Michigan, Colorado, you know what I mean? Like, and then if I'm not mistaken, you also got um, locals and out-of-town the difference. Like, you know what I'm saying? Locals can get more than where out-of-towners can in some areas. So, you know what I mean? It's just pretty much the same thing you have in any state that's recreational um, because it still has to be in moderation. You know what I mean? Like everything has to be done with moderation. So I, I believe that's more so why it's, it's laid out like that, but just trying to make sure overconsumption or one person's not coming in just buying out a whole store type of deal. All right. All right. But uh, question one. Renames yeah, the, <laughs> Go ahead, dog. I'm trying to figure this out. Renames the Maryland County of Appeals to the Supreme Court of Maryland and the Maryland Court of Special Appeals to the Appellate Court of Maryland. So do y'all just want to change the name? I listen, I'm not really tripping about the second one, and maybe I should. Maybe I should look at what that uh, appellate means. But appeal, yeah. But the the Maryland Court of Appeals to the Supreme Court of Maryland that kind yeah. of bothers me. You know what I'm saying? Like, so basically, do I go from a, oh. a state regulated court to a federally regulated court now? No, every state has a state supreme court. So this part, I'm looking at the, I, I tapped into it. It says Maryland and New York are the only states that do not refer to their state's top court as the Supreme Court. So, like, there's a Michigan okay. Supreme Court, there's an Ohio Supreme Court. So, they're saying that the Maryland Court of Appeals is the Supreme Court. They just want to change it to the Supreme Court of Maryland. Man, y'all on a power trip. <laughs> I guess it could make sense that people might be getting confused. Because one is called Marie, it's, it's called Maryland Court of Appeals and Maryland Court of Special Appeals, and you might not know like which one means what. They might just be trying to like make it make sense for the people. I that guess seemed, <laughs> that seemed like it makes sense. It just seemed like it's goofy that it sat that way this long anyway. Yeah. And then so question two says amends the Maryland Constitution to require that state legislatures reside and maintain a place of abode 
in the district in which they wish to represent for six months prior to the date of a whoa, 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 amend the, the constitution to require that the state legislatures reside, legislators reside and maintain a place of abode in the district in which they wish to represent for six months prior to the date of election. Okay. I, I don't see nothing wrong with No, 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 no. I do. If I'm reading this, if I'm understanding this correctly. A, a yes vote supports amending the Constitution to require beginning in January 2024 that candidates for the state legislature maintain a primary place of abode in the district they wish to represent for at least six months to the date of their election for as long as the district has been in existence and changing all gendered language in amended sections whoa to gender neutral language why are they hiding that in the bill I don't know if the whole gender neutral language really makes a difference. It doesn't, but why are they hiding that? So this is what Arizona was talking about. You can't be sneaking stuff in there. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but like what I'm saying is like I get the whole first part, like everything up until they started talking about the gender thing, which I don't even understand why you have both of those in the same bill. Anyway, yeah, those are two and they separate are not subjects. connected at all. Yeah, they're, they're not. That's what I said. It's two separate subjects. So, like, for me, sorry, excuse me. But so you for know, me, you know, here's the trick part. I don't mean to cut you off, but they want you to vote yes. And, and like, I don't care about like people's genders. Like, I'm gonna respect you, or what you, or what you identify as. But like, if you identify as a man, okay, you're a man. You identify as a woman. You're a woman. If you identify as non-binary, okay. Like, I don't care because how you choose to live your life has no impact on how I live my life. But but it's, it's just saying changing gender language. It's not saying that they have to say that, you know what I'm saying, they identify as neutral or anything. Like, they don't have to say, like, they're not male nor female or don't wish to answer. They're just yeah. saying that the language they use has yeah. to be neutral. You know what I'm saying? So I don't understand why they put that together. It doesn't make sense. It, but this, yeah, it's just but it's odd, the, the, the base of the whole the base of the whole uh, question is just really saying that, and you know, what I'm saying I, the best way to reference is, is like police brutality. How people say, well, why are white officers policing black neighborhoods they don't live in? Why isn't it you know black people not policing they? own neighborhoods that they live in it's kind of in the same sense like you know what i mean how are you going to be over a district yeah. making rules and changes to somewhere you don't even reside you don't even have to look at this shit. yeah you know so what like, i mean like to, to make it as plain as possible what the i live in detroit in in the detroit area and right now i'm sitting in grand rapids i'm hours away from my house and so the way that Maryland works right now is that I could run for a position in the state legislature out here in Grand Rapids, despite the fact that I've never been here. How about this? I live in Michigan, but I've never been to the Upper Peninsula. But should Michigan have the same rules as Maryland does today, 
I could run for a political office in the state legislature up there, even though I've never touched the ground there at um, all. And, and don't plan on it, but yet right. don't change lives every day and make decisions on folks' lives that, you know yeah. what I'm saying, you ain't even, you know, we couldn't even tell them the first street or, you know what I'm saying, first piece of history or anything too. Yeah, nah. so this needs to be yes, but I don't understand why they have. Yeah, to that throws you off, <laughs> and it, and truthfully, and that throws us off. That may, like that may, fuck around just on the way it's worded. Yep. Have people vote opposite. Yep. For the sole purpose of somebody being able to run a district that they have no connection to. Like, yep. that, that's the only reason to word something like that, in my opinion. I mean, I could be wrong, but in my opinion, that'd be the only reason I would. All right, let me go ahead and fuck with your head real quick and get my way. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> somebody's going to see that and be like, oh, look at this extremist trying to push their, their that, that, that liberal agenda. No, I'm not. I'm going to vote no. And then so what's going to happen is you're going to have people living on one corner of the state trying to run and represent territories on the other side of the state they ain't never touched and ain't got no business being around. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to try to brief through the other two questions we ain't said nothing about without reading, but question three is civil and criminal trials. And basically, if you go to sue somebody over a civil or criminal matter, you can now get up to 25000 versus the fifteen that was there before. Uh, from fifteen to 25000 should I say, not Anywhere between that range, if you want to, more than likely not to exceed twenty five thousand. Yeah. And then state judiciary requires Howard County Circuit Court judges to serve on the orphans Ooh. court. Wait, 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 wait. Go back to number three. I'm sorry. <laughs> Increase the amount of controversy, controversy and civil proceedings in which. The right to a jury trial may be limited to legislation for fifteen thousand to twenty-five thousand. So that means that they can make your max fine depending on what it is up to twenty-five thousand. Yeah, but I mean, in in a civil and criminal, more than likely it's somebody else that is suing you behind it, like you did something to them. I don't think it's the state that's going after you nine times out of ten. Well, it says criminal trial. So that means if you break a law and there's a fine, you know, I see stuff and it'll be like a fine up to $10,000, fines up to $13,000. Yeah, but a lot of times when you got fines like that, uh, it includes a lot of restitution and, you know what I'm saying, other things of that nature. So okay. that that holds the, the bulk of it. Now, of course, you you might be paying eight thousand restitution, but the other two thousand is court fees, lawyer, you know, what I'm saying? all the extra nuances that go into it. Right. So you know what I mean, but yeah. Yeah, they they a little sneaky over here in Maryland too. Hey, I mean, you right next to the <laughs> you right next to the president. They ain't finna say nothing straight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, moving uh, on. Well, we're going to move on on that one. Who we got? <laughs> uh, we Georgia. Got Georgia. So yeah. the governor's race is a rematch uh, from 2018. Governor Kemp versus uh, Stacey Abrams. It's interesting because, you know, Stacey Abrams is credited for 
um, you know, kind of the blue turnaround that they've slowly but surely seen in Georgia over the years. It's not like a blue state, but um, it's it's more purple than it's ever been in like the last 30 years. And I say it's interesting because she's not like leading the polls. Like Kemp is probably going to beat her again. Um, you got Warnock, uh, the incumbent Democrat. So when he got elected at the end of 2020, that was a special election for that seat. This is the regular rotation for that seat. So if you guys might think like, why is Georgia back up there already? It's supposed to be every six years. It's because when Ossoff won, he, he won the, the, the regular seat. So he won a six-year term. Um, Warnock won a replacement job, but this is the year that that term is actually up. So we had already talked about Warnock and Walker. We don't need to go down that path. But Georgia, y'all got 14 seats in the House. Uh, and your state Senate, you've got 56 seats. Your state house, you got 180 seats. So your state legislature is 236 seats. And then ballot measures, I feel like Georgia only had one. Am I right? Nope, had four. Uh, Amendment one is the administration of government and salaries of government officials allows the suspension of, allows the suspension of compensation of public officials while the individual is suspended from office or being indicted for felony. No. Okay. Yeah, you don't, you, you break the law, you can't get paid. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't get paid by the government for, while you're breaking the law. Okay. Uh, Amendment two is taxes, authorizes local governments to grant temporary property tax changes for properties damaged by disaster events and located within disaster areas. That's probably a good thing because on the southern part of, of Georgia, you can get hit by the hurricanes. Yeah. And insurance is already hard to get. This will help. This allows the local government to say, we'll charge you less for taxes while you're trying to recover. That sounds good to me. Referendum A, taxes and natural resources, exempts timber equipment owned by a timber producer from ad valorem property taxes. Okay. I don't, I don't know what that means. Um, and then referendum B, taxes and agriculture, expands a property tax exemption to include merged family farms and dairy products and eggs. Help out the farmers. Okay. Yeah, that um, ad valorem, valorem uh, tax is basically in proportion to the estimated value of the goods or transactions concerned. So basically um so basically they can write off timber equipment well they can write off timber equipment or you know what i'm saying like the the timber that they actually have that's you know what i'm saying like maybe they couldn't sell oh. or that oh. you know might have been rotted out you know from termites eating through the middle by the time they cut it down and tried to use it wait wait, wait. a yes vote support exempting timber equipment from the property taxes. So that would mean that you could not claim them anymore. You could not claim timber equipment, if I'm understanding that correctly. Yeah, that's what it say. I ain't click on it, but I just was. Yeah, I just clicked on it just now. Okay, no, okay, yeah, so basically, people probably was using like timber equipment, you know what I'm saying, like personal property taxes and, and the whole nine, like, 
You know what I mean? Like just using it for a write off as as property tax, and they're probably just gonna be like, nah. It, it's it. probably it's probably gonna have to be under like because like with company you got depreciation on equipment, you know what I'm saying? Things like that. So it's probably gonna have to go under Mars with the depreciation versus just property taxes where you're getting a write-off for having it or using it, you know what I'm saying? And it's not depreciating none. So you're getting that same write-off every year. Got it. Okay. All right. So we got Texas. Greg Abbott is the incumbent. He's running against Beto O'Rourke. I think he ran in 2018 and lost. He's like ran a number of like high profile races and lost. He either ran for Senate or for Congress and lost. He, I don't know. He seems to be like the star of the Democratic Party, but like he's not winning any races. Um, Texas has no Senate seat, no U.S. Senate seat uh, up for grabs this year. 38 seats in the U.S. House. 21. This was interesting. Um, there's 31 state senators. There's 29 elections. I'm sorry. There's 22 elections for them. Nine of them have already run, have already won. It looks like in certain districts, the opposing party or no other party put up a candidate. So like, it might be okay. only the Democrats ran in this one district. So the Democrat nominee won the election because the Republicans, the Libertarians, nobody put up a fight to put up a candidate against them. Um, and then the same thing happened in the state house. There's 150 seats in the state house. There's only going to be 92 elections because 58 other districts, and there was Republicans and Democrats, depending on where, what part of, of the state it was, it's already over. They've already won, um, even though, you know, the election hasn't happened. So, like, that's weird because that just means that, like, the party's just like, you know what? We ain't even worried about this little part right here. They just, they ain't rocking with us. <laughs> right. And then state measures in Texas, Texas has two. Prop 1, Proposition 1. Uh, my screen put up a authorizes the state legislator to reduce the amount of the limitation on total ad valorum taxes imposed on the homesteads of elderly or disabled residents for school maintenance and operations to reflect any statutory reduction from the preceding tax. Huh? <laughs> I have no clue. Authorize the legislature to reduce the amount of the limitation on total ad valorum taxes imposed on the homesteads of elderly or disabled residents for school maintenance and proper and operations to reflect any statutory reduction from a preceding tax. That's a whole hell of a lot of a bunch of language. It sounds like they're saying they're trying to help our old folks. I mean, in a nutshell, but I—I I mean, I did taxes, and I don't know nothing about that shit. So I'm telling you, it's a lot more to that. <laughs> <laughs> Proposition hey. two increases the homestead exemption for school district property taxes. These better be some smart ass kids. <laughs> So that means that if your house makes forty thousand or less, then you don't have to pay taxes, property taxes, homestead exemption. I, I I highly doubt that's the case. Increasing the homestead exemption for school district property taxes. Okay. 
It sounds like it's saying right now it's twenty five thousand, but they're gonna bump it up to forty thousand. That probably helps like some single moms that are like first time home buyers. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I ain't in Texas. I don't. Oh Lord, listen, <laughs> man. All right, we got one more state that we gonna rock with. Yeah, let's finish this up. <laughs> they tripping, man. So we got Lee versus Martin. Go ahead. State of Tennessee, Lee Bill Lee is the incumbent Republican governor running for re-election against Martin. I forgot Martin's first name. You guys do not have a U.S. Senate race happening this year. You've got nine seats up for grabs in the U.S. House. In your state Senate, you've got 33 seats, but it's the odd numbers that are up for grabs this year. So one, three, five, seven, nine, all the way to so, 33. So every two years they do odd and evens? So I think it's going to be every year they do odd and even. Okay. Because the state Senate seat is only two years. Um, and then the state house is two years as well, but all 99 state house seats are up. So y'all got 122, is my math right? No, 132 uh, in your state legislature. And then your ballot measure down in Tennessee, you got four, and they're all constitutional amendments. Uh, we talked about slavery. That's amendment sure. number three. Repeals language allowing slavery or involuntary servitude as criminal punishments. We talked about that two weeks ago when I first promised this bonus episode. Uh, skipping back up to, to uh, Amendment 1, will make it illegal for workplaces to require mandatory labor union membership for employees as a condition of employment. So basically, if you're part of the mm -hmm. union, you ain't got to pay the fees? No, 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 no. Right now, there's certain places that to work there, you have to join the union, meaning you have to pay the fees. Now they're going to mm -hmm. say, "Yeah, you can work here, but you ain't got to join the union. You ain't got to. You ain't got to be with them. Keep that little money to yourself." Right. Uh, Amendment two provides process and line of succession for acting governor. Okay. Provide support amendment provide a process along with the line of succession for an acting governor when the governor is unable to perform the office's powers and duties. So y'all don't have that set up already? 2022, look what you learned. Man, so they don't have a process <laughs> set up if the governor can't do his job and they still got slavery on the ballot. Okay. And then Amendment 4, remove section of Tennessee Constitution that disqualifies religious ministers from being elected to the state legislature. Huh. So you gonna pass your political views to the pastor to preach across the pool pit, but the pastor can't come run for office. Mmm. Man, I love my family down there in Memphis. That's crazy. <laughs> Man. Hey. So listen, those of you that are still rocking with us, thank you. We we can't we're not about to try to do fifty states. That's all we had. I should have said how many states we did. So somebody tapped out and said, I'm not about to listen to this dude do fifty states. <laughs> <laughs> so listen. Yeah. We just want to tell y'all, 
what was happening around y'all, what's happening around you. So, um, say go vote. Go vote. Like, go there's, vote. and like I said, we only touch state measures in some states, right? You might have something crazy happening in Montana and don't even know it. You might have something, you might have a glorious opportunity to, to right a wrong in Vermont and you don't even know it if you're not engaged. Get engaged, y'all. And because, oh, and I think I put this set out uh, on the on, on the podcast episode that we recorded uh, for this week. Um, 2018 was the highest turnout uh, for an election ever and only 53% of the voting age people actually got out to vote. Only 53% of the people at voting age, which means 53% of people 18 and older went out to vote. What's possible if we actually use our power? I'm not gonna tell you what to vote and how to vote for. I, I know what, you know, how I feel about stuff comes out before I got podcasts in the first place. But like, what's possible? People say like, there's a lot of people say like, politics is stupid, nothing ever happens, this, that, and third. If more often than not, half of us ain't ain't even getting out there to make our voices heard, we don't stand a chance. Let's get out there and vote. And not just this election, every year, every election. Vote in your primary, vote in your, in your generals, vote often, pay attention, know what's happening around you. That's what I got. Um, follow me, Brad Robinson, 1986, on Instagram. TikTok and Facebook and Brad Robinson 86 on Twitter. Fred is Mr. Humble underscore beginnings on Instagram and just Fred Scott on Facebook. And then our show is What's Happening. You can find that everywhere. Um, w H U S H A T T N I N and everywhere is Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter. Share this show with a friend. Like I say that, I say share the show all the time, but share this show with a friend. You know somebody in Ohio. Send this to them and say, hey, listen to the first part of this. They're going to talk about what's happening in Ohio. If you know somebody that lives in North Carolina, send this to them and say, hey, this is what's happening in North Carolina, right? Get active. Understand what's happening and use the power that you have, which is to go vote. That's all I got. Hey, we'll see y'all early next week for the one-year anniversary. Go vote.